This episode contains adult language, mature situations, blue envelopes with heartfelt messages of greatness, giant rooster costumes, nervous charming fellas who can be considered stalkers, overly involved fathers, a Ponzi-esque scheme involving the elderly, and the most iconic movie scene involving a blue Malibu, a brown trench coat, a Clash t-shirt, and a boombox. Listener discretion is advised. because it was a movie that was not chosen by the dodecahedron of movies. Why? Because, well... We felt like it. Well, no, more importantly, this was a birthday present. Really? Yeah. Oh. For Hope. I'm back! Yes, Hope is back, yes! And then we're gonna shout out to Inez. Thank you for the nice email. It was really nice. Yes, and it's, it's been... a little treat for her. Yes, it's been quite some time since we actually recorded together. And for those of you who've joined us for the first time, Spark Inside, that provides information reviews about connecting enhanced narratives. This is our movie review, so obviously we talk about movies and other things like that. Life, universe, and everything. Exactly. And we'll tell you how the film is, how the visual style is, how the characters are, and if it's worth watching or renting or just avoiding completely or using to torture your neighbors. Because there's always good movies like that. Yeah. Or there's movies that are just so awesome that you can't watch it more than once or else your brain will fry and you'd be like, ah. But anyway, you can check out our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email me at zan at spirekin.com. Hope.spirekin at gmail.com. We're under Facebook, <laughs> under Twitter, and I'm still waiting on news about that convention. So when we might be coming to a convention near you, I don't know. But you can check us out. And also we have business cards and we have a bunch of other stuff which are in the works. I might be doing bumper stickers next. Oh. But they're kind of expensive, though. 
Ten dollars. Yeah. Ten. You only get ten for what was it for four dollars. Ten for four dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind uh, of a rip off. Have to do the breakdown of that later. I mean, the cards aren't bad. They cost me a grand total of twelve dollars for two hundred and fifty. Huh? That's bad. Wait, how much? Twelve dollars. That's not bad. The only thing is that that's, that, that's really not, not matted. The matted ones cost me twenty, but they're matted, so I, I I understand that's a better paper stock. Yeah, but I know some places that charge a lot more. Yes, places where you may have both worked at for small periods of time. No, not that place. <laughs> oh, other places, yes. I should stop now. <laughs> no one will know because they don't know what place we're talking about. Yeah, but our real names are on the business card. Yes, but that's if they ever get a business card. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough of that. So, as I'm speaking, we kind of skipped the Dodeki Journal movies, and I noticed they like, You cheated! You should have done it! But, like I said, I want to do this because Hope has done so much, and she's one of my best friends. And also, the fact is that it's kind of like the main character of this movie, how it was like that type of relationship. What is, what is her name? Corey. That relationship they had was very similar. And it's a the movie is actually a very interesting movie and a very good movie. And surprisingly, this movie already broke budget, and it is a cult classic. Broke budget? It broke budget, yeah. Really? Bro- because it was made for $16 million, and it earned $20 million in the U.S. alone. Oh, oh, oh I, thought you, I was thinking you were saying they went over budget for a moment. I'm no, <laughs> and everyone, and this is one of those movies that has a 98% freshness rating. So yes. if you don't like this movie, then there is something probably wrong with oh, you. Oh, I see, yeah. Or you're million. just bitter or angry. And there's a great ensemble cast in this. You have some yes, very, definitely. very good actors, and you have some just some great visuals. But first, let's get into who directed this. This was Cameron Crowe. Now, some of you may have heard of this guy, and he's done some very, well, I'm not going to lie, some very iconic movies, including We Bought a Zoo, which, I'm sorry, but that movie was terrible. It doesn't appeal. Elizabeth Town, which that movie was terrible. Oh, he did that one? <laughs> he did Vanilla Sky, which I still like the original. Um, uh, uh, what the hell is the name of Vanilla Sky's original title? I can't remember right now because my brain is fried, and I'll just insert it later, but you know what I mean. He did Almost Famous, which is an amazing movie. He did Jerry Maguire, and then the greatest movie of all time. Best times at Ridgemont High. Oh, and my I, God. I should insert that. <laughs> bam, bam, but we're saving that for actually, uh, well, anyway, we're saving for something else. Anyway, so it's also produced by Polly Platt, who she, I don't know what else she's produced, but, and this movie's starring a bunch of actors, including Dan Castanello, the voice of Homer Simpson, as an uncredited role, and Joan Cusack in an uncredited role, but we should realize that she's in almost she's every movie. She's not uncredited. She's uncredited. Constance, oh, that's awful. But she's always uncredited in most movies that she is with the main actor. Most of them, which is huh. kind of weird. And there's one where they actually play a romantic couple. Really? No. Yeah. 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 Well, so who yeah, else? Cool you have it. Jeremy Piven, who is awesome, yes. and he's also hated in New York because of the crap he pulled when he was supposed to on a uh, tour in Broadway. Oh. But he's still awesome. You got Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Uh, Eric Stoltz kind of is. Well, he's Eric Stoltz. So. Got red hair. Yeah, he does have red hair. Hot. I also have Livy, Lily Tyler, who just, I don't know. Um, she's been in things, I, I can't think of any right now, but you, you would know her when you see her. Um, let's see what she's been in. She's been in Four Rooms. She was oh, in, she was, in um, Having a Baby, High Fidelity, which makes sense because it's an movie with him. She, she was the lady, she was the main character, The Haunting. Yep, that's where I've seen her, The Haunting. Besides that, she was in Mystic Pizza. So she was more popular in the 80s and 90s, but she's become kind of obsolete now, which is kind of a shame. And then we have Ioni Sky, who, besides dating a Red Hot Chili Pepper, besides this, she hasn't... Taking a nude picture with him, yep. which we're going to look up on Google later. She hasn't done much else, really. 
Oh, we forgot John Mahoney. John yes. Mahoney, who is always, he plays a bitter old man. I don't know why. Not always bitter. I mean, he wasn't exactly bitter on Frasier. When he was, Soft he was pretty, the, he was pretty bitter in Frasier. Yeah. But he's a great actor. He does a lot of uh, voice acting gigs, especially on The Simpsons, when he played Sideshow Bob, who was played by Frasier as he was his father. <laughs> And Sideshow Bob's brother is played by David Hyde Pierce and reunited them as like the creepy, the Sideshow Bob family, but they're also the Frasier family, so it's mm. kind of cool. He's done a couple other things, Barton Fink, and then She's the One and American President, I think, in Hudsucker Proxy, where he was the bad guy. But now let's get to the main actor, and yes. who are we talking about? We're talking about the one, the only... The love of my life. I should tell someone this, or do they already know? They know of my affection. Ah, uh, okay. My deep, deep affection, if you're uh, listening. Uh, we're talking about uh, John Cusack. Yes, John. He's so cute! Okay. If you don't know who John Cusack is, well, you're... You're not American! Well, you're not a film movie. You're not film buff, because he's been in several movies. Oh, so many good movies. Where do we start? Let's start at the top. Class. I haven't seen that one yet, but I hear it's good. He was a bit part in 16 Candles. He wasn't uh, better off dead, which Timbo has sworn that if we ever do it without him, he will come and scalp us. Yeah, so Timbo, if you're listening, you got to um, get over here so we can do that ASAP. Then you have One Crazy Summer, which I still say is better than the other one. Even no, though the, oh, Summer Rental came first. But, this but they're both good. But that has Godzilla and it has John Cusack. I know, and a foaming <laughs> dolphin. No, the, the other one only has one thing which has going for it, and that's Scully. That's the only thing it has to of the day. Yes. That's for another time. The sure thing. Now that was a very good movie. Maybe I, we'll review that sometime. I've actually movie. never seen that. I think you'd like it. Uh, Eight Men Out was a good movie, but that's more of a documentary. You had um, uh, Money for Nothing, which was a very good uh, another documentary. It was a, it was a, ret a retelling of an actual story which happened. Road to Wellsville is overrated in my opinion. It's a good movie, but it's a little overrated. Well, it's over Broadway. I saw that. Eh. Con Air, he was okay. And... Oh, can't forget Gross Point Blank. Alright. Uh, Pushington, nah. The Red Line was good. He was good in the Thin Red Line where he's being serious. And of course, you cannot forget Malkovich, Malkovich! I haven't seen that one. It's a good movie. I haven't, I'm. Serendipity was oh. kind of. A lot of people hate that movie, but we'll get to that in a bit. I love that movie. He was good in The Ice Harvest and then Martian Child in 1408. And now he's in a new movie coming out called The Raven, where he's playing Edgar Allan Poe. Really? Yeah, it comes out this week. Month, year, month. I think, um... It looks... I think he could, uh... Yeah, I look at that. There's a picture of him there. I think he could do it. And also, he's actually a kickboxer. In real life. In real life. He studied under Benny the Jet Urquidas. Yeah, I joke. Yes, and he also, he's, uh... He actually writes for Huff Huffington Post. He's done so much. And supposedly he was an advisor for W, which is kind of sad on so many levels. Really? Conservative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, and also he's a dropout of NYU. Oh, well, it's kind of like Woody Allen. No, but Woody Allen is not as successful as Cusack, in my opinion. I think Cusack is, John Cusack is way beyond and better than. But that's for another day. That's what we'll talk about for another day when we talk about Woody yeah, Allen. Because right, oh. Woody Allen is just well, a sore topic. I don't care what he does in his private life. I like his movies. <laughs> well, so what movie are we talking about? A movie that came out in 1989, and it's one of the most infamous of his movies because of one scene in the movie. Say anything. Yep. 
Ah, uh, say anything. Arguably one of the best romance movies of all time. Oh, the best. And Entertainment Weekly says it's one of the best high school movies, even though I don't classify it as a high school movie because it's not a high school movie. Well, it's, they graduate. You only have two minutes in high school. The rest That's of it true. is afterwards. That's why I kind of count that as a graduation movie instead. And this is actually, well, let's get into what the movie's about. If you've never seen Say Anything, it's about Lloyd Doppler, a guy who's, I don't want to say he's mediocre, which is what one of the characters actually says he is, but he's just... Quirky. Like, oh well, yeah, he's quirky. I mean, he's got that nervous talking thing where he just rambles on and on and on. Yeah, he, but he's got a view of life which is different than anyone else. It's not idealistic, but what he wants is he wants to do something with his life which is beyond the mundane. He doesn't want to just exist. He wants to live. He's a romantic, and he has that idealistic view about him, which is... He's a true individual. Yes. He's someone who d goes against the grain, and he's a great person. Like, I mean, I identify a lot with him, yeah. because I have similar views with him in a lot of aspects. Some things, I don't agree with him completely, but I like how he is. That he's, when he puts his mind to something, he does it, and he keeps going, even though it's just very heart-wrenching at times and very sad and but we'll get it it's his graduation and the thing is that he is madly infatuated with the valedictorian the smartest girl in the school diane court played by ione sky and she is a completely leagues away from him because like i said he's mediocre he's average student and his only thing is he lives with his sister and his, her son and her sister his sister's played by joan cusack final thing and you don't know what happened to his parents. His parents are away in Germany for some reason. Well, his father's um, a marshal in the army. He's got a high ranking in the army. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's kind of like he's out of place with the rest of the world. He's just trying to exist. Meanwhile, Diane Court has everything going for her. Yes, including a fellowship to England. Yes, which, and for those who don't know what fellowship means, it's like the ultimate type of scholarships. They cover everything. I mean, they cover the airfare. They cover your housing. They cover everything. You get the fellowship, you are set for it. It's you are um, set for life. Um, well, I guess for the life as long as she's there. I mean, as for life. It's no, which it's it's a major stepping stone which will help for most careers. Right. It's a great accomplishment, and the fact that she's got this is a good thing. She lives with her father, who's her best friend. It's kind of creepy on so many levels, but we'll get to that in a little bit. And it's. It's about their relationship and how they get together and all of the loving things which happen to them. And tragedy also. But let's get into this little synopsis of the movie. It actually starts off in the middle of the conversation. Lloyd's best friend, Corey, he's friends with girls. He doesn't really have any guy friends because most of the guys in the movie are dicks. But they, um... Shooting the shit. <laughs> no, they were just talking. Shooting the breeze. And he starts off with, I'm going to ask out Diane Court. I'm gonna go for the second date. She's like, Lloyd, sitting across the food court from one another doesn't count as a first date. And it's a huge argument about that. It's just like he's that in love with this girl. Like she is perfect for him. Like he's completely just like, oh my god, I love her so much. I think we should. Just... And then we can have a second date, and then a third date, and then everything's all. And this girl could not even know he existed at this point. Yeah. Like, uh, at, like she is focused on her life and her father's helping her out and there's a point when after the graduation he's gonna he tells Corey take a picture of me with her and, <laughs> oh and you God, would think so okay you walk up hey you want to take a picture with me because we just graduated <laughs> no he just <laughs> no they have this whole covert thing set 
father is showing Diane the car he's getting her for graduation. She goes to point at the car and says, that thing? And just at that moment when she's pointing, Lloyd's like walking right by and he turns and friend snaps a picture and he just keeps walking. It's the most awkward picture <laughs> there is. It was is. so uncute and it just worked. It was awesome. It did. It was just <laughs> like one of those awkward like, what? <laughs> it's a great picture. It really was. And so they graduate and things are going on and she has her fellowship and her father runs a nursing home. Yep. And questions are being asked. Well, not yet. Not she... yet. There's still some. Well, she does this and her life is going ahead and Lloyd finally getting the strength calls and he gets her father and her father's actually kind of very nice. He's he's amused by Lloyd. He actually wishes him luck. Yeah, and he's he's nice to him. He's like, you're someone who's, you know, you're trying, yeah. you're polite, and he's just good with it. Yeah, I mean, actually took his number and everything and gave Diane the message. Unlike some people who's like saying, oh, okay, sure, and oh, click, yeah, all right, yeah, uh, Diane. <laughs> exactly. So Diane calls and he asks her out to this huge kegger which is happening that night because he first tries to say, look, uh, you want to go out tomorrow? Um, and she busy. had an excuse for everything, like Saturday. Oh, I have things to do around the house. How about Sunday? Oh, I don't know. It's like, and he's literally just throwing himself at her, just saying, what about tonight? What if we do this, and I'm I'm this, and I know this, and he's trying everything, and he's just typical John Cusack, nervous, talking and babbling, very similar to what I do, ironically. <laughs> but he babbles, and eventually she's like, fine. She's like, fine, I'll do it. Okay, no problem. And then, once he hangs up, because he's ecstatic, he's so happy, he's ecstatic, he's just jumping up and down, and she, first thing she does, he hangs up, opens up her book, Looks at his picture in the yearbook, or they call it the annual. Really? She said an annual. You want to sign my annual? And it's like, maybe people call it annuals in Seattle. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess I'll have to go out there now. But, uh, yeah, but we're very um, in much disagreement over her look. I say she's kind of pensive when she saw his picture, but John? I think she has a look like a, oh, God, what have I done? Oh. <laughs> Not How this. you think it's John Cusack? I mean... But it's, but it's it's Lloyd, who is eccentric, he doesn't hang out with the guys, he's just doing his own thing. And he's very passive, surprisingly. He's, he's not a man's man, but he's not a girly man, he's just, he's, he does what he does. He's Lloyd's dog. Exactly. So, he ends up going to her house, and this is the first time that Lloyd meets Mr. Court, her father, and he literally just... Meets him, he's like, hi. He's like, hi. And Lloyd just splurts out everything possible before even just, like, within a span of a minute. Huh. And her father's like, uh-huh, okay. you want to step inside? <laughs> and then they're just standing there for a minute, just like... Keep around. Yeah, and that's at the point where you realize, you should have just said hello, stepped inside, and then you could have said all the gibberish. But Lloyd Dobler. And he's dressed up, wearing a trench coat duster, a kind of okay shirt, and a pair of jeans. And she comes up wearing insane amount of like a very high class cocktail dress with gloves and just very elegant looking her hair is perfect and it's it's for a romance movie romance movie it's that kind of iconic scene of when you, the the guy sees the girl he's in love with it's that vision you have but it's yeah. really there but then on the other hand you think about it, they're going to a kegger there were some girls there who were kind of dressed up though. but she was the, yeah I know she looked like she was going to a luau yeah. Nice white dress no, what did you say? What did you say? You said, uh, uh... Oh, no, I was just quoting what they said in the beginning of the movie, that she is a brain trapped in the body of a game show hostess. Yeah. yeah. She's smart and she's pretty. But she does stupid things. A lot of stupid things. Well, we'll get to that. 
Much disagreement here. Yes, much, much disagreement. <laughs> so, they go to the party, and immediately, Lloyd gets stuck with the worst job at the party, which is he's the key master, means he has to hold all the keys, make sure that someone's drunk, they don't drive home. Right. I think nowadays they don't even have the key master, it's just a key bowl. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the last party I went to was the key bowl, but that was before I, before I became, well, I'm old! <laughs> And who mandated the key bowl? I don't know. I don't think anyone did. I just think you threw your key in there and just yanked it. Because I was at one party where the father mandated that the keys be hidden. Oh, oh, that was, I just loved everything. Where's my keys? I hid it from you! In go the to the file drawer. Just go look. <laughs> uh, no, but um, the minute they walk in there, he gets accosted by the leader of the, the party saying, do this, and she just bolts. She, no, she was kind of like, Away by the other but girl. first she was already yeah but she was already kind of like getting away from him a little bit yeah. and then every time she looked around she'd see him kind of looking at her making sure she was okay and yeah, it, checking up. It, which is which is nice right. he's checking up on her but on the other hand it's kind of creepy too yeah and it's funny because everyone now knows that she went with Lloyd Doppler which makes us wonder what was his reputation in the school was he like that much of a freak was he an unknown was he a geek was he a spaz you wonder what you wonder these questions. I think he was viewed as many different things. I think freak or just like you know. Just one of the guys or just someone. Placed there. in the other category. <laughs> I don't know. It's back in the eighties or early nineties, <laughs> but I just love that one guy's like, man, how did you get her to go out with you? He called her up. And he's just shocked, like, and that worked. Well, how did why did that work? I'm Lloyd Doppler. Exactly. Yeah, it was just such an abstract concept to this guy. I mean, you know, call him up. It's really quite easy. Well, I'm talking about real life here. It's really quite easy. It is easy to ask someone out. It's just that most people, it's you're afraid of that point of when you get them on. Rejection. And the, you get the rejection immediately. You overthink everything. Well, well to be honest with you, for me, say. my situation isn't that. It's, it's I have the first date jitters and I mess up then. Usually it's. One and two is good, then three goes to fucking hell. But that's that's for a dating podcast, and this isn't a dating podcast. Or a I feel bad for myself podcast. So, but she ends up having a great time. He has an okay time, even though he has to end up driving said guy, who got completely shit-faced, to his house, and they got completely lost. All over Seattle for three hours of non-stop <laughs> classic rock. Non-stop classic rock with no commercials. And then it's like, that's been a great three hours. They're still looking for his house. Oh, and one thing I did for to mention, she did call her father in the middle of the party. That's how much of a square she is. She called in the middle of a party. Now, I do agree you should call if you're going to be spending time and use cell phones, but this is back when you didn't call for nothing. Most people say, you're a freak if you're going to call your, your parents early. I mean, but this is just, she was very... Her relationship with her father is very weird. It's like she's he's her best friend as well. Oh, it's just the two of them. Yeah. Her parents got divorced and she had to sit in court and pick. She had to pick her mother or her father. Which she is, chose her father. Which that's really different because generally they actually will assign, say, that's the better parent, you're going with them. It makes you wonder what was the reason why they divorced. I mean, was she cheating on him? Was it a mutual disagreement? Odd question. Also, it's really weird because most of the 80s movies, there isn't such thing as divorce. So it's a very foreign concept in this one that... It's just unusual. But, anyway, Lloyd being himself, he actually charms his way into her. And at one point, they're walking, because they park the car, and he's going to walk her home. And as he's walking her home, there's some glass on the ground. He actually kicks it aside and says, watch out, there's glass there. Very old school, um, yeah, like, gentlemanly. Yeah, like trench coat over the puddle of the city thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 and he even says, 
she says, well, what are you doing for the rest of the summer? And he's like, I'm going to be the best date I can for our summer. It's like, well, seriously, he's like, no, I'm being serious. I want to spend the remaining time, because you're going to go into England, because that's where the fellowship is. But she's like, I want to spend the rest of the summer just being with you. That's how much he wants to be with her. And that's really, it's classy, and it's, even though... It's so romantic. I don't mean it's romantic as a guy. I can admit, I'm, it was a nice move, and it's a move that I would blow off and go for. It should work. Maybe. And it didn't come out creepy at all. This was just like, I want to just be with you. Even though, so he goes out and every, all of his friends are like, all the girls are making fun of him, like saying like, oh, well, he did, he did good at least. It's like, well, did you hear what the second date's going to be? It's a family meet already. He's going to screw it up. <laughs> and then they look at each other and they all say, would you honestly go out with Lloyd? No, no if would you were you... Diane Quartz, would you go well, out with Paul for Lloyd? And they all kind of think about it for a second, and they all just look at each other and nod in agreement that yes. Which makes me wonder, why didn't any of them try for Lloyd? Um, I, I don't know. Because the one girl, Corey, she had a horrible breakup with a guy where she was so strung out on this guy that she tried killing herself. They don't really touch on it. And that's one thing I do like is there is a little bit of exposition, but nothing too crazy. A lot of it's left to your imagination of why this happened. I don't know. I think their bond with Lloyd is just so special that why go missing them? Yeah, I think that Corey's is, but the girl Mimi and the other one, I think they would have been cute. That would have been interesting if one of them tried for it. But that's for another day. If they tried that after he'd broken up, if one of them tried to, and then you have that thing, and no, 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 I can't do it because the whole Diane thing. Oh, that nice would have been, no, been awful. No. That would have been breaking some sort of broke code. Yeah, well, actually, it would be. They were all friendly. True, true. Anyway, let's not touch upon broke codes, even find the girls. Well, so. From this point, they end up start seeing each other, and at first, her father is kind of accepting of it. Yes. He's, he's kind of like, okay, he's charming, he's witty, and then the second date happens, which is just meeting the family, and for her, it's just her father, his accountant, which is like, you're going, you're going to have dinner with his accountant, and it's going to be fun. Okay. And, yeah, if you noticing, I don't know, I think you were in the bathroom at that point, but... Some of the guests, like, you know, because, like, Diane and her father, they were, like, so domesticated. It was almost like a husband and wife thing. The way they were so coordinated, she was pouring coffee. He was, yeah, like, no. telling the stories. And, like, you see the guests just kind of, like, roll their eyes. It's like, oh, this is just too yeah. perfect. Yeah, rolling Can't. their eyes at them. And then Lloyd is this uh, anarchy element, which just makes it, and they yeah. actually start smiling as they listen to him yeah, just talk he, about. He started talking and the guests seem like happy they finally saying something so the one guy there takes interest in Lloyd and that's where it happens. He asks him what do you plan to do with your life? And that's where all this shit. Yeah because he says he's like what I want to do is I want to spend as much time as I can with Diane before she leaves. Right. And if you watch the trailer he actually says as much time as I can with Diane period which sounds a little more romantic. But it, it, it makes sense, and he's like, no, seriously, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I don't want to sell anything or purchase anything. Process anything? Or process anything, and it sounds like he's going to say something very altruistic. Maybe do charity, maybe do something having to do with the military, something. Just, it sounds like he has an actual set goal. He's like, well, after all that, I don't know what I want to do. There I, is Yes, I'm, I'm a third belt, and, and they looked at him like, like suddenly he went from being this charming potential suitor yeah, to a complete waste of their time. Yeah, and as they're ber about to berate him, a knock at the door happens, and the IRS shows up. Dun, dun, dun. Yep, 
apparently some of the books have been doctored. Uh, a period of five years. Yeah. 82 to 86. Which is, which doesn't make sense because this movie takes place in 89, so. Well, no, it's no. Hollywood. Okay, it's Hollywood. No, I know. It's, it's, it's Hollywood, so this movie takes place years before 89, but still, they should have thought of that beforehand. Well. But anyway, it's crazy because of how, at this point, Diane now seems actually interested in Lloyd. Oh, and one thing I completely forgot is that during their, for the dinner, there was actually a moment when it looked like Diane actually was going to kiss him, and it was, oh, it was a very yeah. romantic scene, and then her father calls and just... <laughs> no, the doorbell. The doorbell was the CD in that scene. Ah, the doorbell. Yes, the doorbell. And the father was the CD. No, yes, he was. At this point, it's... Yep. No, at yeah. this point, every single time that um, her father shows up, he is very into their relationship and just kind of very against it, even though at mm -hmm. first it starts very simply like they're friends, and then Lloyd wins her over, and she actually kisses him first. Oh, she, wait. In the car, she I kisses. I thought it was just kind of like they just both went for it. Well, you could say they both went for it, but I think that it was more like she was the aggressor, because she was the aggressor later on. And she no, and she admitted that she was the aggressor later on. Oh man. Yes, she actually tells her father about her sexual life, and there's a difference between them knowing and you telling them. If they know, they're like, yeah, we kind of figured. That's one thing. But when they you you divulge the information, that's a little more like, um, I don't know. I don't want to say it's it's just creepy, but it's just. I think it's nice that she's able to talk to her dad. I know some people who have kids, and their kids are able to talk to them. No, it's good to be able to. It's good to talk to them about it. But I mean, it's the same thing. Do you really want to know when your parents are having sex? I don't want to know when parents are having Exactly. Sex. So I don't think they want to know the reverse either. I think they still want to see you as that little child that was one day doing, you know, saying, "Daddy, daddy," or "Mommy, mommy, do this," you know. I think they still see you as that. Yeah, but it's not like you guys will, okay, yeah, okay, maybe I see what you're saying, because she told him, like, oh, yeah, I spent the night with him last night, but it's not like she's going to go back and say, oh, guess what, we did it again, we did it again, Well, we here. don't. Well, we don't know if, if she did, because there's I time jumps. I would, I know I don't. But she just, I mean, there, and the thing is, I had to say this for her father, every time he gets a moment where it looks like he's going to have a, it's a good thing, it goes to horribly wrong, he's like, oh, that's... He's like, oh, that's, oh, that's real. He's like, it's like that's really good that you didn't. And then I did uh, was like, that's good that, Lloyd, that you're not going to be. But then I, you should just realize it's going to be the worst case scenario, even if it's not like it's the best case scenario. Because it kept happening over and over and over again. Well, she had that whole um, equation thing in her head when good things happen, bad things happen simultaneously. Yeah, but he is. I bring up a very good point. So, but anyway, we're getting a little jumbled. And so, long story short, her father has become invested in the relationship because he wants the best for his daughter. And that's good that he wants the best for his daughter, but he becomes very, just it's almost, he's living vicariously through her. Yeah, and he guilt, tri he guilt trips her like crazy over and over. And oh, he plays her like a violin. And, and she just, you know, she becomes torn apart. You know, she wants to be with Lloyd, but she feels bad because she's not her father. She's leaving, and... And the IRS are investigating her father, and she doesn't understand why, because he's a because according to her, he's a good man. But there's yes. nothing wrong with that. Until so finally she goes to see someone at the IRS. And they said, look, you've been watching him. Got the evidence. He's guilty. He's going to jail. Take that fellowship. Yeah. The main thing that is that everyone agrees. She should, Even Lloyd yeah. agrees. She, she, should has take, to go. she has to take the fellowship. 
The only difference is that Lloyd wants to be with her for it. And she, at first, listens to her father, and she actually breaks it off. And it's a very... One of the best scenes in the movie... Well, it's, it's kind of fucked up that I said that. But it's when... It's a poignant scene, is when... After she breaks up with him, he actually calls his sister, because he's been missing for, we don't know, we'll assume like two days, or a day at least. And it's just been... Call it a day. Because it's, it's yeah. just... He's calling, and it's raining, and it just shows like his emotions in that period, where he's trying not to cry, but the rain, it's just... It gives you that feeling of such sadness... And he's so broken up over this. Mm -hmm. And then later on, he's trying to figure out what to do, and he actually makes recordings for himself. And just, where's the Corey? Well, they're for Corey. He's talking to Corey on the tape. Now, I don't, I don't know if this was some sort of, like, you know, new age suicide note, but... <laughs> it could have been, like, a verbal letter, but the thing is, we don't know what yeah. the, the deal with that was. Because Corey's been all for the relationship. She said it was going to be great. And the one thing is that... Another thing we forgot to mention is that before she broke up with him, he had wrote her a very personal love letter. Yes, very short and sweet. And I mean that literally. No, it's like... A sentence. Yeah, and if you want, that's a really good sentence to use. Yes. Really good sentence to use. I don't think you should tell him what it says. You should just watch the movie. Well, we have to get to that. But don't, don't, it, that makes it even worse, is the fact that she broke up with him after the letter. And he even says, after trying to call her eight times, he's like, look, at this point, you do what you need to do. But one thing, nuke the letter, destroy it. Yeah. It's, it's just, I don't like that it's out there. And it just, that's how broken up and torn up he is over this. And everyone's trying to give him advice. The guys are kind of just like, just find another girl. Or I can hook you up with any girl you want. And the one girl he wants is this girl. He's so in love with her. Screams in the parking lot. The guests sit Diane Court. Well, he throws a bottle of beer at one of them and they freak out. It's just, it's... They're eating bunions. And there's like, I like, this kid, he's like five. He's sitting there drinking a 40. Uh, yes. It's a crazy just situation. And obviously, as you can guess, the movie ends with him and Diane getting together. And it's a kind of happy ending, a kind of sweet ending. But, as I pointed out, one thing in the ending is that there is a scene where if they had just changed one thing, it would have left the ending very ambiguous. Wait, I'm sorry, you're, I got distracted. Zon's uh, Green Latin ring just... Started glowing. Glowing. How did it happen? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Where's the matching lantern? Uh, somewhere. Okay. <laughs> it, it is somewhere. Right, well, anyway, so, but it's a that scene. The last scene could be taken several different ways if they changed one little thing. Okay. Well, they said that everything's gonna be okay once the light goes bing. But it's just that scene. It just it. If they had just taken out that. If they had just taken out the sound. It would have been the. It would just let the more ambiguous ending more like because they think that they're. Yeah. It's an uncertain future, but that gives it more of a. It's a certain future that things are going to work out for them. We hope it works out for Lloyd because yeah. Lloyd deserves it. And Diane. You know what? Like the end of The Sopranos, no ding or anything. I mean. No, the end of Sopranos is, is it, at least as bad as the end of Lost. It was in the in a church. We don't know what the fuck happened. Oh, I hate I mean, Lost. I so. never followed Lost, so I wouldn't know. Oh, Lost! I hate you so much with that ending. But again. You hear no there. It's the movie is a great film. It's just it's a time that even though it is dated, the movie is dated. I mean, they're using yeah. the old-fashioned cell phones. Yeah. Sorry, wireless phones. No cordless phones. It is pretty up to date though. It's, it's still kind of like you know. That's that's. I'm pretty sure it said Motorola on it too. <laughs> I don't. It know. was a, it was eighties. It was nineties tastic. I mean, I my first cell phone was not 
I mean, it wasn't a brick cell phone like in right. Saved by the Bell, no. but it was pretty bad. Yeah, I remember my dad's first cell phone. It was this thick gray thing he kept in a plastic bag. Yeah, my first cell phone was a track phone, but that's... Oh. Most of you don't know what that is, or if you do, well, whatever. It's... But the movie has a timeless quality to it, and it's a story which it's a feel-good story. You feel good for Lloyd when things go good, and you feel bad when things go bad. Oh, and some people, and you feel kind of bad for her father when things go wrong, but you do have to remember that this is something that he, he was it? It's, it's an event of his own making. Right. He created the situation. Yeah. He pulled a lot of crap. A lot of crap. Yeah, and the fact that how much the bail was and how long he had to be in jail, that's yeah. rough. Well, I guess for the 1980s, it was steep. But I mean, not only nine months in prison, that's not bad. In a, in, in, years. In, a, in a minimum security prison, that's not bad. But the fact is, you don't know if someone, if a family member he had screwed over was in that prison. Oh, wow, I didn't think of that. You know, it's, it's, there are a lot of little things you think about, but it's just... And he's still defined to the end, like, you're a, you know, you're this, you're that. And I was just surprised Lloyd was like, well, I'm not in prison. And Lloyd did everything he could, even afterwards, to get his approval to be like, "Look, right. your daughter still loves you, and I'm just trying to be there." And right. father still is to the end fighting in tooth and nail. I think Jim Court did like soften towards Lloyd, though, when he was like stressing, you know, she says she wrote that, you know, can't help but still love you. That has to mean something. I think he, he smiled. I think in that moment, despite everything that he felt about Lloyd, he did soften. Yeah, but still... There was nothing but good intentions in his heart. Well, Lloyd... Well, I think about Lloyd actually did do a kind of a uh, fuck you moment where he's like, he's like, you're just a distraction. Like, I'm a distraction. He's going with her thing. <laughs> he did do a fuck you moment. I, I, yeah, I take that back. He did still, tell, he did a fuck you moment. good intentions and... But that was just... Piercing eyes. <laughs> uh, yes, well, so... Anyway. So, I get that he... That Lloyd Dobler is Lloyd Dobler. But he's awesome. And there's... Some great music in yeah. this film. I should say that. Even though the soundtrack is... No, even though that the first original trailer has a completely different song that was actually from uh, Nine and a Half Months instead of this movie, I still classify it as this movie, that song. But there's some great music in the soundtrack. And it's, yeah, Cult of Personality. Cult of Personality is a great song. But it's just, it was very... The soundtrack is good. It just gives it a nice ambiance for the 80s-tastic. And it just fits the movie. It fits good. Now... There is one iconic song though in this movie. Oh Love yes, all the rest. Yes, which is the, which is the most parodied and the most known song, and it's a, just a scene which is just Lloyd trying one last gambit, one last time to try and get Diane to just even acknowledge him, and it could be considered stalkery. We didn't even talk about that fact that most of the stuff he's done throughout this movie, like the fact he knows her number hey, and they've never talked. Know. This is 1980s. They had the phone. They had yellow book then. Yes, they had the yellow pages. <laughs> yellow book. I don't know yellow pages. That'd be an interesting name for for a website. Yellow book. There is an actual publication called Yellow Book. I thought it was Red Book was the art book. No, Yellow Book. What's Yellow Book? Is it art book too? Yellow Book is like yellow pages. You go on, you look up people's phone numbers. Ah. Not that I wouldn't have know anything about that. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, anyway, it just it's a one of those, but. The things that, the serenading, uh, how he's like, almost the whole picture scene, and a couple other things he does, it can be considered as very stalkery, but he's a stalker that you could actually, he's not doing anything wrong, but it's, it's still kind of, it, it it grinds the line between, is, it, is he a stalker, isn't he a stalker? 
but he's still charming. It's still a good movie. Same with the song is in But either way, get off this topic. Of just this, this, this movie is just awesome. I don't know. It's a great movie. It's a good movie. You could say it's a little dated, but it's still a standalone classic. It's a movie which is really good, and it's a nice film to show people. Definitely. And it's a good it's a good date movie for guys just to work out. That's simple. It'll impress the girl, and it's good. And I got it on sale for four dollars with another movie. And the other movie is okay, not great. I watched part of it. I haven't watched the end of it yet. I mean, I've seen the Garden State. I've seen Garden State. But oh. I just, it's the DVD I yeah. bought. With it. I have only watched half of it. I remember when you, yeah, I remember now. You bought, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was $4 for both. In Target, I think. In Target, yes. Target. Another one of those creepy dogs are in, in the other room. I have all the different spots. Oh. Yes, I didn't know there was a collection being taken up. Of no, there have been. No, there's one's a cop, one is in the uniform, one is, is a hockey player. Is this like your sketch infatuation? We don't talk about Stitch anymore. Oh, okay. Um, no, this is a Nikki, Nikki, Nikki present thing. Oh. Anyway, enough of that. So, we should get into that. Uh, we should get into that part of all waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about our ratings. Now, for those who don't know, we have a five point rating system. Our lowest rating being purchase outside your local red box so no one rents this reprehensible piece of shit. To our highest rating, which is really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't watch it now, your brain will freeze your eyes swap and your soul before to the ninth layer of hell. You'll be forced to watch episode one for all eternity. Meanwhile, Jar Jar Binks will be rubbing your shoulders saying, Miss Miss And you will be forced to go through a major IRS audit. It will last for all eternity. Oh, that can't be good. Very sad. And also, well, no, no. it's here nor there. And so, Hope, what would you give? I'd give it a six. You give it a six. A six. So I don't it, even have a definition for six. It's just, it's just six would be probably alone. It's a, it's a staple that you have to have in your collection. This is this one of your top? Yes. Your top ten movies? I, there aren't. Well, I should say there aren't. But I mean, I can get into movies. But there are some movies that just you know really touch you in a way that really gets you, get under your skin and stay with you. And this is one of them. It's just so well done. Everyone's done a great job. And just, I mean, the pen, I actually, I have to be honest, I haven't watched this for three and a half years, because, you know, life happens, love is hard, and it's just, watching it, for me, watching it would have just been too hard. But things are good now, and I was watching it, yes, I still cry, because it's just such a romantic movie. It's just, it's great, and you just, you have to see it. You have to, at least once in your lifetime. I'm not asking you to like it, just watch it. I think you'll like it. And as for me, I'm going to have to give it a... I'm, te I'm teetering. I'm teetering because... Should there, there shouldn't be a question. No, but the reason why is that there's several things. Yeah, there's several well, other I factors mean, I have to put into perspective. This is true. This is true. It's, Actually, it's worried about that, but go ahead. It's teetering between uh, Borrow from a Friend and Don't Return Unless Offered. Um, for this movie, it'd be a 1980-style boombox, which is our, our second highest rating and our highest rating because it is that really good of a movie. But, on the other hand, if you are in a situation where you've been broken up with, this is a very hard movie. This is a very, it's, it's you feel for Lloyd, you feel it's just a very painful, it can be painful. And I'll give this a conditional really, really, really fucking cool. It's good, but it's also very painful, and it's a good painful. And, you know, just, I like Lloyd. I think I'm, because someone said I'm either like Lloyd, from this, or I'm like the guy from Sarah Marshall, and I'd rather be Lloyd Doppler than that douchebag from Sarah Marshall. Yes. Because he's a douchebag. 
I hate him. I hate that actor. I hate him so much. I mean, the guy, he's from uh, the show, right? Jason Segel. I don't like. I don't like Jason Segel. I think he's a douchebag. Oh. Compared to Lloyd. Lloyd, it's Lloyd Dobbs. It's John Cusack. He cultivated the character of Lloyd Dobbs so well. It's like, yeah, a lot of women wanted like the Patrick Swayze type from Dirty Dancing, but I think when you get down to it, you, everyone, or everyone wants someone like Lloyd Dobbs. Yeah, someone who's just there for you, who's willing to give up everything for you, and love you for who you are. And the thing is that nowadays, it seems like everyone's, you know, it's all, oh, who's, I'm going to have sex with 20 guys, I, you know, or you watch more, who's my baby daddy today? And it's like, you know, it's just, yeah. this is an old-fashioned romantic film. And guys, the thing is that girls, you know, you think about all that stuff, but girls want, you know, the, the hip guys and all this stuff. The thing is, in the end, this type of guy does work. This is the underachiever, the guy who just gives it his all, does work. I mean, you're, you're putting yourself out there for more hurt because you're using all your emotions to just be the best you can be. But That's what you have to do. Yeah. Put yourself out there and just hope that they like you back. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's well, it's it's a double-edged sword, as I yeah. said. It's, 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 it's worth it, but it's if, if it goes south, it's... The thing, it's tough, yeah. But the thing is, other thing is, there's another movie, which um, we'll get into it eventually, but similar situation, the person does that, but it goes it goes south completely. And they ask him if you could do it over again, would you? And it's you'd rather do it. It's worth doing it over again because you just that's how much love you have. But anyway, enough of this lovey-dovey talk which we've had because we're all sad now. We're gonna cry. I'm not sad. Yes, you are. You're crying. You're tearing up. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Okay. Oh. Sure. And so, guess it's a, so remember you check us out at www.spirekin.com. Email us at spirekin.gmail.com. Me at zanspirekin.com. Hope.spirekin.gmail.com. And remember, yeah, well, no, what am I saying? It's that time you want to wait for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. No, that's been that only. Dodecahedron. It's a 12 side object. We're going to news. We're going to roll the Dodecahedron. One number lands on the reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin Movie Review. And because this is not a theme month, we have our other three rules, which is uh, if it lands on a 10, you choose. Yay! If it lands on, on a 10. If it lands on uh, 11, it's roll again. If it lands on a 12, well then. Uh, Damn it all to hell. I choose. Okay. So you will roll. And we'll see what we're reviewing right. in the next episode. Let's see. No, no, no. I'm going to put it over here. Eleven. Which means you roll again. So you get to roll again. Eight. Uh, no, wait. No, that's three. A, that's a three. That's a three or it's a five? It's a three. It's three. So for the next episode of the Spark Movie Review, we are going to be reviewing a m movie that's manly and creepy. It's starring a man who had a uh, stroke as a baby and now he talks like this. Talking about Sylvester Stallone. Oh. In a movie which is actually a Christmas movie, surprisingly. I'm talking about Cobra. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So, no worries. Next time, we'll talk about it. So, that, I guess that's it for this episode of the Spirekin movie review. Been fun. Oh. We'll be back soon. This is Hope, and my favorite quote is... Nobody thought we'd do this. Nobody really thinks it will work, do they? No. We just described every great success story. And it's going to be great to have you come back again for another episode in yeah. the future. In Definitely. the future! Try to make it more of a regular thing. Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to get everyone to come up. Um, Deke now lives, like, literally maybe <clears throat> three miles away now. Yeah, I read that. Yes, but he's been too busy with 
Mis- moving and no, not just Atwood, but Mr. M- Mr. Miggs, spending all his time with him. Ew. I like Miggs, but just to, to see him. I never knew him. Apparently he went to her college. <laughs> yeah, he did. Mm. Which is weird. But, anyway, and this is your host, Zahn of the Spark, and we review my favorite quote from 1989, Say Anything, starring John Cusack, Ioni Sky, and Jeremy Piven is, a, is going to be... Give me my firebird key! You must chill! You must chill! I have hidden your keys! Chill! I love you, man. All right, I love you too. Go to sleep. We're full on buzz. <laughs> All right. So that's it for this episode. We are Gonsville. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye. I'll be there,
possible with Diane before uh, she leaves? Seriously, Lloyd. I'm totally and completely serious. No, really. You mean my career? Um, I don't know. I've, I've <clears throat> thought about this quite a bit, sir, and I, I would have to say, considering what's weighing out there for me, I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought or processed or repair anything sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. So uh, my father's in the Army. He wants me to join, but I can't work for that corporation. Um, so what I've been doing lately is kickboxing. <sighs> You're 
some blanket. Listen to this song. It's a really good song. Hello, Constance. It's me, Lloyd. Nothing, I'm just driving around. She broke up with me. What do I do? Can't she come back? How can I get her back? I can't. I can't get her to talk to me. It's all so fucked up. I feel like crying. She gave me a pen. Give my heart, and she gave me a pen. Lloyd, honey, just come home, okay? I'll be home soon. It's me, cruising around. It's pretty late. I know I haven't called you lately. Because I, I didn't want to be reminded of a dying nightmare. By the way, I hardly remember. Wiped it from my mind. I don't remember the time and place when I knew her. This is it. The site of our controversial first date. I met her in a mall. I should have known our relationship was doomed. To our left, we have the street where she broke up with me. There's the path we took. Corey, I guess in a way. I blamed you, I held it against you, let me send that letter. But I don't know, I thought it was the right thing too. I think I know too many girls. You know, I should hang out with more guys. The world is a blur of food and sex and spectacle and everyone is just hurtling towards Necropolis. In which case, it's not your fault, you know? Maybe it's a good side to all this, I don't know. I've been thinking about these things, you're probably standing there monitoring. So just uh, one other thing, the letter uh, that I wrote you, could you please rip it up? Nuke it, flame it, destroy it. It hurts me to know it's out there. Can you do that for me? All right, later. Sorry. What do you want? My father's guilty. He lied to me. He lied to everybody. I just left home. I need you. You do? Everything else means nothing to me. If I hurt you again, I'll die. Hurt me again. No chance. Don't worry about it. I love you. What? I love you. How many more times do I have to say it? One more time would be nice. I don't care. 